Hi, and welcome to While I Still Have Breath. I'm your host, Mike, and this is episode two. If you're joining the party for the first time, this is actually part two of a multi-part series that I'm doing explaining kind of the origins and the story behind While I Still Have Breath. So if you haven't listened to episode one, episode two will make a lot more sense to you if you listen to episode one. So I just want to say that in case you're listening for the first time and you listen on and you're kind of like, what am I listening to? Uh, this is this is a continuation of episode one. So if you haven't listened to episode one, I would suggest listening to it first, but obviously I can't tell you what to do because I'm just in your ears and I'm not in person. And even if I was in person, I couldn't tell you what to do because that would be wrong. But that's a suggestion I'm going to leave with you. So if you haven't already switched over to episode one, I am going to give you two seconds before you experience some spoilers and the whole story will be ruined for you and you will be very disappointed. Okay, there's your two seconds. Last episode, I told the story of coming to the realization that I had a window that was closing to go and try and find my grandparents that I hadn't seen in over 12 years. I explained a lot about some of those feelings and the eventual realization that the opportunity was was kind of closing. And that was due to the fact that they sold their house and I wasn't going to know where they lived anymore. So that all happened. And then I took a trip to Nashville to visit some friends for my birthday. And on my way back, I made the decision since I had a couple of days, I think it was four days. I decided to detour my way back home and go and try and find my grandparents that I hadn't seen in a long time. And episode one left off with me walking up to the door and knocking on the door and not getting an answer. And as I was walking back down the porch steps, a car pulled into the driveway. Someone got out and the cliffhanger of episode one was that the person that got out of the car was not who I expected. I'll pick up from there and we'll continue with this story. As I walked down the porch steps and this car pulled into the driveway, a million different thoughts were running through my head. It wasn't the ending that I had in my head. I had this picture of what would happen and in my head it was me knocking on the door, them hopefully coming to the door, one of them, and being happy to see me and knowing right away who I was and what I looked like. And me walking down the steps and meeting them on their driveway as they come home, it just felt a little different. It was, it just didn't feel the same. It was almost like I was like ambushing them as they came home. Do you ever get home from whatever you're doing and there's someone like waiting at your doorstep? You're like, oh, who is this? Like, what the heck? And that's kind of how I felt right away. So I didn't really like how things were playing out but there was nothing I could do. 
So the person that got out of the car was a guy that I didn't recognize at all. Who was probably a couple years older than me. And I'd never seen this person in my life. He asked me, can I help you? And I said, do Wayne and Pat live here? And he said, no, we've lived in this house for close to three years now. I think that Pat moved out when her husband died. I didn't know what to do about what he just said. Oh, I must have the wrong address, I said. And at first, I was panicking, thinking that my grandfather had, had died, had passed away. But I quickly did the math in my head, and it definitely hadn't been three years since I googled the address and I found the ad for their house. So I figured that I must have had the wrong address. Remember, I googled this address the night before, and... I mean, this might come as a surprise to some of you, but you really can't believe everything that you find on the internet. So after I talked to this guy for a couple more minutes, I walked back to the car. And I just remember being disappointed, but at the same time, I was proud of myself that I found the courage to knock on the door. And I didn't really see it as a failure. I did everything that I could I just didn't get the result that I had hoped for. I remember feeling strangely okay about everything. I didn't want to let it ruin the rest of my vacation and, and I had the rest of the day to do whatever I wanted. So I decided I'd go back and see my grandparents' old house. I knew I wouldn't be able to get up the driveway in my car, so I would have to look at it from the bottom of the mountain, but even just being back there, I knew would mean something and it would just feel good to see it again and there was a state park that was close by their house uh, with a really cool mountain it was i think it's called stone mountain park or something like that and i figured i'd go back there because that was somewhere that we would go a lot when we were younger and so that's how i spent the rest of my day it was just nice to be in the area for the first time in 12 years. After exploring, I headed towards the next biggish city so I could find a hotel to stay in before heading home the next day. The hotel I found was about an hour towards home. I FaceTimed my dad that night to tell him about my day. I could tell that he was anxious to hear about what happened, and I could also tell that he was as disappointed as I was about it being the wrong house. I filled him in on the places that I visited and then said goodnight because I had a long drive in the morning. So I get this text at 7.51 a.m. on October 8th, 2015. It was the next morning. It was a text from my dad, and he had done a little research after our talk the night before. He was able to get a new number for my grandparents from a half-brother that he didn't talk to very often, but he had a number for. And using a reverse lookup, with the new number, he was able to get their new address. So I had a decision to make again. I had a 12 hour drive to get home and I had to be home now by the next day for work. I had driven about an hour towards home, so I'd have to backtrack. For me, this decision was pretty easy. And to be honest, this was another really big life lesson for me and just kind of goes with the theme of this whole story. 
when was the next time I'd be an hour away from my grandparents' house? If I decided to just go home and something happened to one of my grandparents or even me, and I never got to see them again, how much would I regret not driving an extra hour? I needed to do this and today was my day. Here's the lesson. You don't know what the future holds. A year from now, a month from now, a week from now, a day, even an hour from now. And that day I learned to not let fear or the inconvenience of time prevent you from experiencing life. This was a monumental event in my life. And I guess it was okay that I had to think about what to do, but I think part of my thinking changed that day and I became less hesitant about decisions like that because this is life and you only get one. There's no amount of money that can buy you more time. You have the time that you are given and that's it. I honestly don't even remember the drive from my hotel to my grandparents' house. A huge part of me was just anxious for the anticipation of it all to be over. Before I knew it, I was there. I stopped the car in front of their house and I didn't hesitate even for a second this time. I knew what I had to do as uncomfortable and scary as it was, I just took a deep breath and I stepped out of the car. I wanna give you a little bit of a disclaimer here. If you're listening to this and hoping for violins to start playing and for there to be this slow motion shot of my grandparents and I running towards each other and hugging and crying and laughing, what happens next is real life and nothing could have prepared me for it. I got to the front door and I knocked. I took another deep breath and I saw a shadow moving towards the door. A slightly older version of my grandma opened the door and said, hi, what can I do for you? She looked at me and I could tell by the look in her eyes that she didn't recognize me. I can think of a million things I would have rather said, but for some reason, the only thing I could get out was, I'm your grandson? As I shrugged my shoulders and put my hands up in the air. Her answer wasn't what I hoped for. She said, you think so, do you? I didn't know what would come after that line, and before I could analyze what it meant, she spoke again. Well, come on in. Your granddaddy will want to see you. I followed her inside, but she didn't say a word to me. We got to the back porch door, and I could see my grandpa out on the deck. She opened the door and said to him, You've got someone here to see you. He was confused. What? He said. I walked out onto the deck and said, Hi, Grandpa. He didn't smile. He didn't pull me in for a hug. I imagine he was just in shock. He told me to come and have a seat so we could talk. So I went out to the deck and I sat down. Door closed behind me and my grandma disappeared somewhere inside the house. The conversation I had with my grandpa that day is something I'll cherish for the rest of my life. It was awkward and uncomfortable at times. And a lot of it was small talk, but sprinkled into the small talk were moments that I'll take with me to my grave. He turned to me at one point and said, you know, we just ran into some really hard times. And that's all I can really say. And I told him, Grandpa, all I came here to do was to see you and hopefully talk to you. I don't need an explanation for anything that happened. At another point, he said, you remind me of myself when I was your age, full of adventure and popping up wherever I wanted to. A couple times during the conversation, I had trouble holding it together. 
He was frailer than I remember him being 12 years ago. He told me they had to move from the house on the mountain because his health hadn't been great. He struggled with Parkinson's disease and a really bad back. I could tell both had taken their toll on him. The memories I have of my grandpa almost all involved him out and about, working away. He owned his own grading business, so there were always bulldozers and dump trucks close by. My grandpa's business did really well, and for someone who never really learned to read or write, the fact that he accomplished what he did is amazing and speaks to how smart he truly was. During our conversation, he mentioned a couple different times that he wasn't really able to get around that well anymore. He pointed over to the pile of wood and said, I didn't even cut that wood up myself. I had to get someone to do it for me. I could tell that drove him nuts. After about 30 minutes of conversation, I mentioned that I should probably hit the road because I had a lot of driving to do. He said, well, I better come out and say goodbye to you. We went back in through the house and he called out for my grandma. Pat, he yelled and turned to me and said, I have no idea where she's gone off to. I had a pretty good idea that for some reason she didn't want to see me. So I just said, no worries, let's just go outside. I went out to their driveway and walked towards where my car was parked. My grandpa had fallen behind a bit and when I turned back to see where he was, he was standing with his arms open looking at me. He said, you better come over here and give me a hug before my back gets too bad. I went over and I hugged him. I did my best to keep it together. I'm not really a touchy guy, but that was one hug that I didn't want to end. We talked a little more and he asked me about my parents and my brothers. After that, he said, I should probably go sit down while I can still walk myself back inside. Before we left, I asked him if I could take a picture with him. Once the picture was taken, I turned to him and shook his hand and said, I'm so glad I got to see you. He said, yes, I'm glad you came by. But his last words completely broke me. As I went to pull my hand away, he said, tell your old man I'll see him in another life. I, to this day, couldn't tell you what my response was to that because I don't remember. Those words hit me like a freight train. I can remember tears almost instantly coming down my face. I turned and walked back down the driveway and I didn't look back at him. I was falling apart emotionally. I got to the car and I put it in drive right away. All I remember is crying uncontrollably for the next 20 minutes. I analyzed my visit with my grandparents over and over again. I had lots of different theories on why my grandma didn't want to see me, as well as some of the things my grandpa said. I'm not gonna share them all here, but if you're really interested, feel free to message me somewhere and maybe we can talk more about it. Or just stay tuned because this story really doesn't end here. I do wanna share some thoughts on the last thing my grandpa said to me though. It had been close to 13 years since he had seen me and even longer since he had seen my dad. I'm sure in his mind he thought he'd never see us again. As his health diminished, I think that he felt like his time was running out. He probably assumed that my dad was mad at him for all these years of silence, so at the same time, he just assumed my dad was never coming to see him again. My life changed that day. I knew that if I could do that, I could pretty much do anything. I was terrified to knock on that door, but I did. It was hard and painful at parts, and the last part broke my heart. It really did. But the experience of seeing my grandpa again is something I wouldn't trade for anything. I know it's a long story, but if you're still listening, thank you. Sometimes we need to do things that scare us. We need to do things that are going to hurt. 
What comes next can be life-changing and push you to do great things. Great things come when love conquers fear. And the love I have for them is only as strong as it is because of the love that they showed me growing up. October 8th, 2015 was the day that while I still have breath and the thought of just this mindset of doing things while you still have time was born. I know that if we can come together and tell stories of times that pushed our boundaries and made us stronger, we might inspire someone else to do the same. So whether you like this story or not, I hope that it encourages you to tell your own. Whether it's through a podcast or in a conversation with someone, tell your story. Tell people what makes you special and unique and tell them about the struggles you've had because there's a good chance they've been struggling too. And there's also a good chance that they're struggling with talking about it or dealing with it. And so that conversation where you tell them about things that are going on with you might spark them to feel safe enough to open up to you. And that's a beautiful thing. If you look at the logo on this podcast, you'll see the three words, love, connect, share. And those are kind of the values or main points that I feel walk hand in hand with what I'm trying to do with my life, not just this podcast. So the story doesn't end here. Those words, tell your old man, I'll see him in another life sparked something else in me. Once I gathered myself and stopped crying, I knew what I had to do. I had to get my dad to North Carolina to see my grandfather. So that's what I did. And if you want to hear that part of the story, make sure you tune into the next episode. Until next time on While I Still Have Breath.